0: This is The Weird is the New Black Show.
1: Forty foe foes of the weirdest new black show i am your host mike Bion, and today we are doing it for the what the ladies not just any ladies the creative ladies out here in this world today who are doing their thing strutting their stuff and you know just being uh the bad Mama that they are. I said bad mamma jammas, and I know that's some old school shit, but I was born in 1984, so you gotta understand how far the game goes with me. So today I have here, I have a woman who wears many hats, photographer, videographer, curator, creative director, you name it, you can claim it. Her name is Molly Rose.
0: Thank you for that intro. Boom, boom. That's how that we was do it.
1: Yes. beautiful. Yes. That was really beautiful. Thank you so much for having me. No doubt. So, Miss Molly Rose, first of all, it's mad hot in the city for some odd reason. Take my hat off so my because hairline it's can breathe. It's so
0: humid in
1: Philly. It is disrespectful. <laughs> I don't, like, it's October. No, it's not October. It's, it's November. It's November now. November it's it's the 2nd. Little middle middle fall. Second. Yeah. Little fall. And it's like late high 60s out there. I'm out feeling it. I'm out here sweating and whatnot. I woke up this morning, put on a jacket, sweatshirt, and a shirt. Went to work. Came out for lunch. I was burning up, man. So I couldn't do this. So now we are here. I wanted to talk to you about a couple things. So you know, I read up on you. I seen how you got down out here in these uh, creative streets. But my first encounter with you was on a very, 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 very cold day in January. And you were behind the camera, behind the lens, I should say, for Uncle Chuck's We Culture event. That was the first
0: time, okay.
1: Yeah, so I saw you out there, and we was all there bundled up cold, and you was like, yo, you was all looking stiff as crazy as hell. You said, can y'all do do the dab for me out here? And it was so damn cold out there, we was like, dab? I ain't trying to dab right now. It's mad cold out, but I understood what you were trying to do. You were trying to get us to liven up out and here, yo, so. Yo, did not feel it. Yo, we was just like, yo, <laughs> all right.
0: Why is this the first thing you bring up?
1: Because <laughs> it's because it's first time. <laughs> That's the first time I saw you. I was up there just like chilling this and shit. is
0: a funny story, actually.
1: Yo, I you said dab. I said I came with my arms right now. It's that cold. You know what I mean? So I couldn't do it. But I I dug the personality, and I would see you all around like my social media timeline. Like we have mutual friends. Uh, If you're a Philly creative or a musician and you're like you're in the scene scene, then of course you know Molly. And so I had to figure out who you were. So of course, I followed you on all the uh, Instagrams, Twitters and other social media platforms. And then I saw something, you have a website and the website's name, it caught my attention. And the name of the site is every Rose has a thorn. am I correct? Every rose
0: has its thorns has
1: its thorns. So what does that mean? So
0: every Rose has its thorns is basically because I needed a name to come up with everything that I do. I do everything. I I made my own website, I do photo, video, book my own events, I produce sometimes like I just and I don't want anything to limit me and I feel like the Uh, even before I came to Philly, I did a lot of different things, but because mostly in Philly I was doing photography, it was when I tried to do things like curate events, they're like, oh, isn't she a photographer? And so I was like, I had Molly Rose photo, Molly Rose events, Molly Rose video, and I'm like, this doesn't really make sense. So every rose has its thorns. It's kind of like a self title. Like it's, I'm the rose and the thorns are like all the different shit that I do. Can I cuss on here? Yes. Okay, fuck yes. Do it. It's fucking lit. Um I curse right
1: now. <laughs> fuck. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I launched Every Rose Has Its Thorns last August, I believe. And I'm still working on the project, kind of embodying that. But yeah, so I do, in the meantime, I'm just doing anything that I want to do.
1: So when it comes down to you doing anything that you want to do, on a creative standpoint, what drives you? What pushes you to create? To make it, to take a picture, to, you know, work on a video. Like, what makes you say, I want to create?
0: Um, ooh. I'm a super just, like, I just take in everything around me. And, um, A, it just is, like, an instinct of mm-hmm. mine. So, that's probably, like, the first and foremost thing that would get me to create. It's everything that I look at, like, and, you know, little serendipitous things that happen in your life. Like, all those things inspire me, but, like... What specifically, I think music is like my first love and a lot of my inspiration. And just like when I hear a good song, it like amps me up visually. So that's one thing. And then just like people and like what they do. Yeah, I mean, of course there's like the fashion piece. It's just embodying all types of art. And I think a lot of times other mediums inspire me to do what I want to do. And then there, there's also the, the socio-political side, too. Um, I like to break boundaries. Like, my work is a little bit more edgy. Um, so I think that it has undertones. So I definitely uh, try to make an impact there as well.
1: You mentioned the socio-political side of things. I went through some of your work because, mm-hmm. you know, can't have you up here. I me not know what the hell you do right. (laughs) So I saw some of your pictures, and you had a picture of someone holding a gun against a blue wall of a shadow. And I was just wondering, like, what pushes you that way? It's my arm. (laughs) Oh, shit. So I'm looking at this tattoo she has in her arm, right? (laughs) And this nice uh, type font on there, and it says, truth will will set you free.
0: Yeah. So someone helped me take that photo because I was in Atlanta. But I think that, I don't know, I just want, when you see my work, I want it to, like, I want you to feel something and art is so objective, so you can really take it however the fuck you want. But the truth must set you free is just like something I'll try to live by. And then the the whole, the gun thing, it's like, specifically at this time, there's a lot of like different feelings about guns. There's a lot of violence happening, especially in schools. And I have a daughter, uh, so you know I have to think about that when she, goes to school, but this was even, I took this picture before she was even in school, and I still feel like it's, it's still relevant. Mm-hmm. The tattoo is, has its own meaning, but the, the gun, it just, it, I guess it gave you that feeling, and I have lost friends to gun violence, mm-hmm. and I think we all like, might have gone through something that we would feel a type of way about it, so that's where that comes from.
1: I guess, yeah. Understood. So there's different things that I see that you do. I feel like no matter what you're doing, whether it be a photo, whether it be a video, or some kind of curation that you're doing, there's a story being told.
0: Absolutely.
1: With all that you're doing. Like, even if I see, like, there's, on your, Every Rose has Its thorns website, there's the video there. It's like a montage of all the different places that you've been, like, whether it be concerts, whether it be, like, the, uh, the kids, I call them kids now cause I'm be 30, 30, 34 <laughs> next week, so the kids to me, you know what I mean? Like, they all lined up on the, <laughs> on the fountain, I think. It might have been Logan Square. I'm not sure where they were. It was like, um, all these kids that I know. Oh, um, um, like
0: Izzel, uh who else was it? I thought it was a video shoot actually. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've seen all these faces. Um yeah.
0: There's a bunch of people you probably know just from Philly.
1: Right, and I got, and from that section, there was just like, in a portion for this video, there's a story of the new generation of Philly. These new faces, these new individuals who have their own stories to tell and their own paths to forge in the future. So for you, how do you feel about the city now, rather in terms of the newness of it? Um,
0: wow, super good question. So, I think that Philly has so much to offer, like, cultural and talent-wise. Like, So, I don't know if you know this, but I live in D.C. now. Well, I peeped. All right, so he peeped. Okay. But I still definitely am a part, and, like, I have a lot of friends that are here that do different things, and when I talk, talk to people in D.C., they're like, oh, what's the scene in Philly like? And I'm like, it actually is really, and they'll finish my sentence. They'll go, "Not a, not as, like, t- talent-rich, and I'm like... I was like, what no? Fucking Philly, the talent is so rich here, it just doesn't have the right light like, to shine upon the talent. And I think a lot of the the opportunities, it's it's corrupt and like we can go we can go down that road for forever. But um, I think that there's a lot of talent here, not so much opportunity. And I wish that there was because I know so many people that deserve to be on. They deserve the bag. They've done their work, uh, but may not have had necessarily like the right opportunity to to shine in that aspect. So Mm. I definitely see since I left, it's still the people, same people doing their thing. And I see a lot of people coming up from that. Uh, Tierra Whack, Bree Steves, even even my friend FM Astro, they still all doing their thing. Silo still does stuff um shout out to y'all so i i definitely think everyone's just working and i think consistency eventually will turn into something you just can't like you just can't stop you got to spread spread your seed you know go go to other cities get known there to to try to get people to to look at Philly more like a a place that has talent you know what i'm saying cuz it is here but it, it maybe people don't necessarily think of it like that and I think a lot of also that has to do because people often leave, and then they get they get on. So yeah, don't stop, guys.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. So this I have a two-part question. Is actually going to go backwards. All right. So the first part, which is actually the second part, is that what brought you here to the city of Philadelphia?
0: Just fate. My my mom moves out here, and like where I'm from. It's called Spokane, Washington. It's a little little city. Oh yes. Um, you know about Spokane? I I know about
1: Spokane, yeah. I've been there, but I know the name, so yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's a known name, not so much a known place. So that's where I grew up. My mom moved out here. It didn't make sense to stay in Spokane. I'm a creative, like there's no, like opportunity. I I had my peak there, like Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. So moving to Philly definitely gave me a place to, a platform, like I definitely built a platform out of it, It gave me opportunity to go to New York, like where I come from, if you go to New York, I still have this feeling, like every time that I'm there, it's like, whoa, like I'm in New York. Like when you go to New York from Spokane, Washington, you made it, and so I have that feeling. It doesn't matter, I don't even know how many times I've been there, it's been so many times, but I still always like, I'm kind of like humbled, and I'm like, wow, like I'm really, making this happen for myself. Yeah, so that's how I ended up in Philadelphia.
1: Here's the second part, just really the first part. What was your upbringing like in Spokane? Spokane. Spokane, Washington, Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like, what made you say from a young age, like yo, I wanna do something, yeah.
0: I started creating, it was music, I played piano. Mm -hmm. Uh, I grew up playing piano and um, that was, it it was super like technical though. I also did ice skating, which most of you may not know. I was a competitive ice skater and again, super artful, but super technical. You had to kind of be confined. And I think that's like where a lot of like my passion for creating comes from is that I'm just a fucking rebel. Honestly, I just want to be able to do what the fuck I want and I want to do it my way. And I have a, very specific visions, but it took a long time to get to that point. When I was young, I wanted to be a fashion designer, so I sketched like nine figure head drawings all the time. I did like dance, ice skating, and then what really kind of got me around other creatives was when I was fifteen, I started started curating events at this place called Rock Coffee. The Rock Coffee was this like I don't know how to explain it. It was like the hub for creatives in Spokane, and. You know, I was 15 to 17, I was booking shows, signing contracts, like people didn't even know I wasn't old enough to be signing a contract, Uh, they just assumed, and so I I booked Portugal the man, that was like one of the, then they were not a big name, I booked them for like $700 in like 2005, I want to (laughs) say. Yeah, and I did painting, and then kind of how the photography thing came around is that I would take pictures at my own events. And so I got more known for photography and then I did that in college for what time I spent there. And then I kind of just ran with the photography thing. And then kind of more recently came back to doing events.
1: I remember, I want to say a couple years ago, when everyone was saying, yo, I'm a tastemaker," or I'm a curator (laughs) out the ass. It was, everybody put their name on it, like people I never heard of before. In the bio, like, yo, curator, I curate stuff. I'm like, what stuff have you curated? So for you, for someone who's actually done it, you know, on a real scale, what actually goes into being a curator? Stress. (laughs) Honest, that's real. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That shit. It's like that's the ultimate. Like, what's that called? Like, I don't know, medium or of all like the creative things that you can do I feel like that's the most like ambiguous mm-hmm. because you're relying on so many p- parts between the venue the DJs the anything can happen and does happen constantly and but it's really cool and it's very rewarding and I kind of I love that I work well under pressure mm-hmm. so it's awesome to be able to piece together different different people right like from different, different cities different collectives, creative scenes, styles, and I think that's the most rewarding part. I did that with Cozy Party, I had New York, Baltimore, Philly, Mm -hmm. and DC, like under the same roof. Nice. And just also giving other artists a platform as well, Mm because I mean, like I told you, I, I see the talent that philly has to offer and of course like i want to and, and dc has those people too that don't necessarily have the the platform but are very talented every anywhere has that and i it is very rewarding to be able to give other people a platform to do that thing too
1: here's something that i've noticed and maybe it's just me right but i feel like when it comes to any creative scene women are such a huge driving force towards making anything happen. You go in any city, any big one, New York, Miami, whatever, you'll see a lady who's like this running things. So what's the journey been like for you as a woman trying to make all these things happen in an industry that's dominated by all kinds of craziness? Uh, Male craziness, I should say, but yeah.
0: It's hard, it's super hard. Mm. Um, you deal with sexism on so many different levels. As a woman in a male-dominated industry, also the entertainment industry, I mean all, all industries have sexism, right? I feel like the entertainment business has already the kind of, uh, corrupt, like there's like always the bullshit going on, there's people that engage in bullshit. I feel like a lot more than maybe other industries and so you get that mixed with like the sexism and the yeah it is it, it's, it's been hard and that's honestly it's a huge driving force though for to be able to do what I want to do like I told you I'm a rebel so it's like if I have something that's pushing up against me it's like no I'm gonna push it back 10 times harder and you just have to learn to peep it and just have to and how to move it and move around it. And, um, you know, you get you get the people that want to work with you, but they don't. It's just a man that just, oh, can we, can we, when can we meet? Uh, you want to meet for lunch? I'm like, no, we can email. <laughs> oh, people trying to holler, huh? <laughs> we, can e- we can email. That's a huge thing, and a lot of women deal with that. You also get the, like, people kind of surprised that you know what the fuck you're talking about and that you have, like, I get that... Uh, all the time when people are getting to know me in a new city or like really anywhere, they don't expect me to have like the shit under my belt that I do. And, or to be able to move how I wanna move. And I can always peep that people are like kinda surprised. And it's, it, it, it just is what it is. And it's like, all right. And I think a lot of other females I've talked to, Miss Lisa, we talk about this all fucking day.
1: I don't, Lisa? How you doing,
0: Lisa? Hey, Lisa. <laughs> Lisa. This is my friend Lisa. She is a hey part of every rose has its thorns. What up, Lisa? Um, yeah, and Happy we. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs>
1: I'm gonna be old and ashy, but yeah, no doubt. Thirty-four.
0: Um, you, you, you don't look it. Thank just, you. Just write it out. Word it's it Gonna out. be okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, being a female in this industry is definitely hard, but it also is getting to be trendy. And so there's a bit of, of privilege you get with that, a slight bit, because corporations, and I feel like uh, that's it. people have all the, the female art shows that really started coming up a few years ago. And so I think that's good, and, I, and I don't, sometimes I feel like the people throwing the all female art shows are the most sexist ones, but hey, it's, it's progression in some way, so I'll take it yeah so it it is what it is we just know how to move out here and we don't say no
1: and i find it commendable because again me coming from a guy's point of view you know i'll be a fool to say that i don't recognize our privilege in any type of field like that's the entertainment like you see all these guys out here with their names and they can do whatever they want to and i can see i've seen and i've heard various stories about women trying to do things and like you said Facing sexism and other adversities Based upon their gender Or they can't get to a certain point Where the guy's saying like Yo, if they give me something Wink, wink I might put you on And it's foul And I feel like Though you said it's it's trendy I do think that it's good That we are having this of progression now It's like For every little step that you take It's something good for someone else Who follows behind you Because I look at it now And I'm sure there are young ladies who are seeing you do your thing and probably being inspired, like, damn, Molly's out here doing that. Maybe I have a chance to actually go out and follow my dreams as well. Because I see you with your different collectives. Like, I remember you have In The Mix, two exes, y'all, you know? Mm -hmm. And you had that collective there. And I believe you have another collective.
0: We Creative was early on, yeah, early Philly. Early Philly. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that's what's important, like, that's why I love seeing Tiara do thing. You mentioned Bruce Deves earlier. Like we have to have this united front where the ladies are putting on and the guys, we gotta be more supportive of that. Oh,
0: 100%.
1: All the way through. Again, it's not fair to be like, oh, to assume that's because you're a woman and you know how the game works. Do you not know about Sylvia Rhone? You know what I'm saying? Do you not know about the woman who, uh, who owned um, Sugar Hill Records? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you gotta be able to respect those who were here and just like not use gender action excuse to push one off, someone off to the side, mm-hmm. right? Looking at you now, you're making these moves, you have these collectives, you're having these movements flourishing like around you. How are you able to keep the balance of all these things at the same time without losing a step? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm sure doing photography, Somebody say, yo, I need a video done. Boom, I got an event. Like, how do you keep it all pieced together?
0: That's a great question. I'm still, I still don't know how I do it. Honestly, like, I work a ton. I'm up, you know, uh, every moment that I get. uh, Before I got a car again, I was in an Uber, had my laptop out. Mm -hmm. And now it's, I'm using dictation while I'm driving. And I think as far as like my sanity goes, I have to kind of focus on one thing at a time like project wise but you know i have i'm dropping some content on monday and i have an event on sunday so they're gonna have to they're gonna have to collide (laughs) like so so it's just it's busy plus i have the other collective feel good so it's just i have my eye on the prize and i definitely have a lot of goals that i want to reach and a legacy that i want to leave behind so um and dollars that i want to make first of all so it definitely, it, I just think about that. And it definitely, there, there are times that I just had. I'm burnt. And I just have to take a step back. Like I said, I like to let my phone die sometimes because I want to just be in the moment and uh, not be focused, so focused on all these things. But when it's time to get back into it, I'm, I'm re- like super, super focused, like micro focus on uh, everything that I'm doing. So, you know, iPhones are great. Right. <laughs> My notes app is popping and writing down all, uh, everything because I am so busy that like, it, as a creative, like, notes app is so important. Big tip, if y'all don't write down every idea, please do. Uh, they need to go right into your notes app or on a piece of paper or whatever where you can keep them. That way it's just like, it's just time to go and fire, fire things up.
1: Mm-hmm. Right up. Well, I keep a journal myself for that reason. Mm-hmm. Cause like, my thumbs get tired on the phone. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to push this T-H-E. If I get my pen, write in cursive, <laughs> on print, a little notebook, boom, boom, boom.
0: It feels Ow. good to write to like write it out, though, too. It's a different it does. thing. I try to, to do both, but the this is more compact. The iPhone is more compact, so.
1: Right, you can move around with it. You all funky with it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I can dig it. Earlier you mentioned keeping your eyes on the prize. What is the prize to you?
0: Um, Um, Well, I think being able to, it's hard to explain. I obviously like just being able to, to create and execute my visions is like as far as my career goes and being and having the budget to do them. That's the biggest focus. And sometimes like all the other things that you do, like the bag you're working on, whatever, on a day to day It might not fit into necessarily your exact vision or like because we have to put bread and food on the table and i have a six-year-old she'll be seven in a few days and so i have i have to take care of her first and foremost and so being able to create and provide for her and get to the next step and being able to have people on my team so that we can grow and we can all accomplish our goals together I think that's the the immediate thing. The long term is that really I don't know many single moms that like like had the the kid already in the midst of building their career. I feel like a lot of single moms kind of they are their career already popped off and then they they rode it through and they had whatever you know. But I was looking into it. And I think was it Betsy Johnson? Betsy Johnson was actually a single mom and she came up while she was raising her kid and I feel like a lot of people always like wow you're a mom too but yeah I want to be able to inspire people like I feel like a lot of women obviously like they have obligations like they have to take care of their kid and I want to show that like you can still you don't have to 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 choose one or the other you can take care of your kid and, and and provide for them and be able to execute your goals and your visions like my mom could have been a model and a lead singer of a band but she stayed home for me and my sister which I will always be grateful for but also on the other end I'm like damn mom like you didn't have to do that (laughs) but but like back then like she probably did you know what I'm saying and so that's when I talk about like my legacy like that's a that's a huge chunk of it and I don't know if you have followed me when you met me at the um, the photo shoot that was probably after but In 2015, I had this photo series called Bones and that was my first solo show I had at Indigo Blue in in West Philly. I don't know if that venue is still up and running. The one was on
1: Lancaster Ave? Yeah, 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 I had it at,
0: yeah, yeah, it was, um, that was like 2015 when they first opened. It was a beautiful space. But the Bones series, and I, I did, I shot different models with Bones and the Bones signify like, what do you leave behind when you die besides your Bones? and i think that's like what i'm thinking like i want to set up my family for generations like i i realized as i climb up like the creative totem pole let's say mm-hmm. that i find out a lot of people in, in the positions that they are in be, are because they were plucked and i wasn't given none of that like i've really had to build up like my network like from ground up and i want to be able to hand my kid and like my grandkids like hey here's like what you need not only like money but like also like foundation and, and a business to, to be able to like carry on so that's like the long-term prize.
1: And what a beautiful prize it is
0: because
1: mm-hmm. the prize that keeps on giving in different right. ways right also some of you mentioned before that stuck out in my mind because I'm a firm believer in this in order for you to be able to find success or to move or have a movement, you have to have a team around you. How important was it for you to have a team of like-minded people?
0: Listen, I just now feel like that is coming into fruition. Mm-hmm. All those collectives I ran through ended up not working out for me. And I think a lot of it was because at those times I was scared to like just let myself run my own show but now that I've developed that and I only have found team members that hold me down and are great friends to me I can see the potential the other collective that I'm involved in feel good I, the team I see how the team works and it's a it's a major 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 fluid thing that's always happening and honestly a big reason why I do most of the or, or why I've gotten to where I am now with like doing so many different things is because I had to, like I do my own fires now because I couldn't always afford to make, I had to hire someone to to do them, uh, or have to rely on deadlines and shit like that. Shit is annoying. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I have my little team, um, we like before I came here, I had a, a a conference call. I was like charged the fuck up because I was like, damn, like this is really what I've been praying for and asking for and working towards, just having. People in my space that I can trust to execute, like, and, and just build off of each other and just get things shaking
1: Dope. It's a quick digression, but yeah. it's awesome because as you're talking and I'm seeing you and I'm hearing your words, the passion for what you do definitely resonates from you. So, uh, you definitely got like an awesome energy. You know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you. All facts. So, it's like. I definitely want you to win out here, you know? But to go back to the the structure, you know, you got the team running, Mm -hmm. and your career, through all the things that you've been through, what was the turning point for you when you said, you know what, I have no choice now but to go hard, but to get mine, because if I don't do it now, then, it ain't going to happen. Or, does it, or has that moment happened to you multiple times?
0: It's happened to me on multiple times, multiple levels. Okay. And you always, like, grow and kind of realize what was holding you back. And then it, it, like, hits you and, like, oh, now it's time to shake that. Fuck that. And, I, like, I, I told you the thing about, like, I was already, always a part of somebody else's collective. And, like, it's not even so much about the cre- like the credit or whatever. Like, I got the credit, but it's, like, ultimately it was still like someone else's vision I was working for you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. now it's like now I, I I got the vision I got the concepts and I'm in a place where I can like lay them out it was just a matter of trusting myself mm-hmm. and that's a really hard thing to do I think as a creative I don't know if you've ever seen this what's it called a circle graph uh, on one side, it's self-absorbed narcissism, mm-hmm. like absolute narcissism. The other is uh, self-crippling doubt. And in the middle is art. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> and that's exactly how it is. And you just have to, like, really, like, I don't even want to say this man's name, but let's talk about, like, like old, old Kanye, like, his, like, cockiness. Like, I mm-hmm. understand that because you have to pipe yourself up so much just to be able to execute visions and and being able to do things on your own and i and i think the the turning point i guess like if there was an event it was just after uh i left the the last collective and and it was just a matter of like i i'd always have to ask somebody i'd always have to ask somebody else before i made a move but a lot of times my gut right and like that's the thing i'm a very instinctual spiritual person and sometimes like when someone fighting against your gut and like no like this is really like the way that we should move about it it's it's really hard and so you know there are lessons that that went into that and then after I just was solo I was just like all right Molly Rose events no like this is really a company like I do way too many fucking things and so I I guess that was the turning point and that's when I had that's when I, I started doing cozy party on my own. And I had like a couple little other events in DC. But that and after I did that and it was well received and I was like, Well shit, I could have been done this on my own. Fuck <laughs> why 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 didn't I come to this conclusion earlier? But I think that's the beauty in in growth, you know?
1: Speaking of growth, I like to think about external Resources that can help push us along our way. Now, were there any books that you've read that were like, yo, this is the shit? Or were there ever any movies or lectures or even down to a meme that might have like a few like choice words? Like, was there ever anything that you encountered along the way that kind of inspired you more or pushed you more into a direction that you wanted to go into?
0: So a few things. I look at music videos a lot as inspiration. And there's the far side video. Spike Jones shot it backwards. Drop? Yes.
1: Yes. That's my, my joint.
0: Yes. So that was just like, damn. Mm-hmm. I still watch that video when I need to like pipe up my inspiration. I'm just like, he really shot this shit backwards. that's so fucking innovative. Like mm-hmm. and the song's dope. The it's just that shit just like pipe me up and I watch a lot of music videos. I listen to a lot of trap music to to pipe me up, and I read. I read a couple books. I really suck at finishing books, but I actually did finish this one. It's called How to Steal Like an Artist.
1: I read that one. That was a good one.
0: Quick is quick one. Yes. Too and so that was perfect for me. That really just talked about, like, for y'all that don't know, that really just talked about how it's everyone, it's hard, you can't really be original these days, everyone's done, everything's been done, but it's like how you do it and how it's okay to be inspired by other people was not okay to copy. And when I talked to y'all about writing down notes, like using your note app, that's something I definitely took away from that book. That was probably the most important thing, just the second my idea comes to my head, writing it down. The other book is called The Artist's Way, and that's more about like that's more on the spiritual end, and like connecting your artistry with your spirituality and just yourself and like really I think the the best artists and the and people that are the happiest are just people that are just super true to themselves and that book helps you just like trust that you know Mm -hmm. so that's another book I watch documentaries. I watch Radiant Child a lot. On my, and uh, what's her name? Marina Abramovich, the performance artist. She, she did,
1: did the joint with Jay-Z. Did she did the joint with Jay-Z. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I try to get into documentaries when I can and stuff. But, yeah, and then I just, when when I say saying shooter dress up myself, just, like, working on um, how, like, I can reflect that into my art. Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: So I will shout out this one documentary I saw last weekend. It was the M.I.A. documentary. That was pretty I dope. I want to see it really bad. It's dope. I saw it at the Rich Sports um, on 4th and Chestnut. But I hope you don't mind. I'm, I'm going to go in a different direction, something oh, that you really? mentioned. Okay? It might be a bit trippy, you know what I mean? But it's real. You said earlier that you were a spiritual person, mm-hmm. so I take it that spirituality is important to you. Because mm-hmm. of that, is it meditation? Is it prayer? Like, how do you find the center? Because we all need to find that center when we can. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So how do you do it?
0: Definitely meditating. I listen to I listen to different things. I use this app called Insight Timer, and also I'm in the crystals and shit. And you know, I clean them when it's full moon, mm-hmm. and I talk to them and I burn <laughs> I, bur- I burn Paulo oh, Sa- sage. Santo Sage and I really just focus on being present and again I think a lot of spirituality shit goes back to like just being true to yourself and also like playing with your brain a little bit and how you think and just being more positive like you know I could talk about sexism it makes me stressed out and you know if, and thinking about it, when I have to be aware of sexism all the time, but if I like turn it and while I need to recognize that it's there and that's a reality I have to deal with, like flipping it into like not necessarily being stuck in that thought because that thought feels bad, and so that helps a lot with like my sanity first of all, <laughs> but the meditation thing and and taking care of my body. Drinking water, I know it sounds corny, but it's like, you got to be aware of what you put in your body. And and I feel that now that I've been doing it, I feel a difference when I don't versus when I do. And it makes it more, uh, makes me more motivated to do it because I'm like, I feel so much better. I can focus so much more. Even if I take five minutes, shout out Insight Timer because they literally have like five minute meditations and 25 minutes meditations. Yeah. What what about you? You
1: know what's funny? Before I get into that, my therapist, I went to her on Halloween, and she was the one who put me on to Insight Timer. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'll get into it. It's free. I said, even better. right?
0: Yeah, and then good meditations
1: for free. Right. So, I mean, spirituality for me has been like, it's been a a journey. Because as a kid, you know, I come from like a church-based family. You know, like my mom's side, my late grandfather, who, was, who died year before I was born, he was uh, the pastor of the family church. My grandma maintained like the, she's like the mother of the church. And Sundays, when I used to be over there, I used to live there for like a year when I was younger, and she said, Sundays, going to church. I'm like, I don't want to go to church, right? So the church became like a chore for me, and I didn't really enjoy it because it felt like It felt really, really confined. So I didn't, I wasn't really feeling it, but once I got old enough, I started to get introduced to different belief systems, different ideas. So once I got to a point of me being truly independent, spirituality for me just meant recognizing that there was a higher power Mm -hmm. and that there's energy in the universe that controls everything. And that energy that I came to know it as was love. So I try to maintain a bit of peace and love in all that I do and all my interactions. Mind you, am I perfect? I have those moments where I'm like, why I ought to, you know, you know what I'm saying?
0: Listen, <laughs> you know? I have those moments too.
1: All the time. So it's like I try to remember that all... The issues that I have, the stress that I have, is only temporary, and that keeping peace and love is something that's going to keep me good forever. Some people may call call it a higher power God. I refer to it as the universe. Same. This is how this how how it works, and I try to make sure whenever I do pray or get myself centered, that I'm trying to speak something real into existence. People may ask, like, "Yo, I need a new car. I need this. Need that." I just ask for peace and sanity, because it's so easy and it's so easy for people to have it and lose it.
0: And now I'm, I'm looking at your tattoos and I'm like, oh yeah, you, you hella spiritual. Yeah, oh it's yeah, it's <laughs>
1: everything, man. Because like, my got my little uh, shout out to the voodoo side. When I was in New Orleans and all that, and just a lot of stuff that I've experienced in my life. But it's just like I just know that being stressed out over simple shit doesn't solve anything. No. you know, so. Give all praises due to where to where they're due, and I keep moving like that. You know what
0: I'm saying? Amen. I definitely I'm on the same wave. I think that everyone, and I can relate to people that if they want to be religious or like whatever they choose, mm-hmm. as long as they're not judging me for believing what I want to believe in. And right. yeah, definitely just like focusing on on my my piece, and that's why I choose to to try to think the way that I think and whatnot. But, yeah, there are times where people got me fucked up. <laughs> and I'm in D.C., and I have my little Philly temper now. Mm-hmm. From so After I lived here, I definitely went to D.C., and, like, I was like, oh, I got to calm down. <laughs> people do not—you you can't turn up on people in D.C. like you do here. They're very taken back by it. Here, I feel like they, like, okay. Like, you know, right. they, they need that so that they don't continue to check you. But in D.C., it's totally different. So— we uh we toned we toned down the turn up.
1: <laughs> Philly is a wild city because you go from a minute being like yo what up to fuck out of here dickhead and it's like whoa yeah whoa, what yeah, where that come true. from it's like all right you know I got to fall back but yeah Philly definitely has its own unique brand of like fuckery when it comes down to temple mm-hmm. you know
0: definitely and I lived in like North Philly uptown border too so it was it was interesting and I definitely help shape me for
1: sure as soon as you said North <laughs> fully i said yep I <laughs> you know exactly what time it is right there yo shout
0: out Brickyard.
1: <laughs> yeah shout out to the entire north philadelphia i don't want no beef out here <laughs> says, damn bro that's real so, yeah. Also, you are, you see, mentioned you were a single mom. Mm-hmm. And you have a daughter. So she should be seven in a couple of days. So, happy pre-birthday to your daughter. Thank you. Right. Thank you. So, what's what would be the lesson from your life that you would want your daughter to carry on into hers? Ooh, the one lesson. I came with bars today, yo. You came with the bars. <laughs> the
0: one. Um, I, would, I guess... The, I don't know if it's, this is the what? the the one, but there's one that's prominent in my head right now.
1: We could do many. It's many as All you right, need to. so
0: based on, like, what she's going through right now is, like, she's just learning how to be social. She's the only kid, and so, like, most of the time she was just home with me, or, like, I had, like, a, another stay-at-home mom that watched her. hmm and, um, so she wasn't around that many kids. So like, she's still getting used to like being social and, and what that entails. And it's just, sometimes people got her fucked up and she don't like, she don't know how to, like she, she internalize it. Right. And it's crazy. Cause like, I see, I did that same, I used to do the same shit. And so I really tried to get her, I'm like, <laughs> Olive got glasses the other day, Mm -hmm. and I was calling her four eyes. I was like, how do you like having four eyes? I was like, but don't you let nobody else call you four eyes. Do you hear me? She's like, okay. (laughs) And I'm just like, it's such like a balance of finessing through this world, and you have to figure out how to be nice and radiate love, but at the same time not let people have you fucked up. And I think I do a, a pretty good job of that now now that I'm 29 and I feel like about fucking time but I wish that my I wish I could give that like aspect to my daughter like a little suitor, like you know what I'm saying but I think that's I had to go through like my lessons to to learn that and like of course she will have to do and as a mom I just have to watch that well, other lessons, I think staying true to yourself, like definitely, you know, I told you I was in college for only a hot second. Um, I actually went to college for like four years, but I didn't leave with nothing. What? <laughs> no associates, no bachelors. It was because I went because my, my family really wanted me to. And um, and I tried it and I really tried to make them happy and I tried to get that degree. But like. It wasn't business degree wasn't w- wasn't a part of me. I and it was bef- it was pre, realizing that I was an artist and that's what I was destined to do and that mm-hmm. was just a part of me, and I uh, I didn't embrace it then, and I think just like I want to give my daughter the confidence and just like support of I right, that's how you feel and that's what you want to do and that's your instinct like. I can go for it because I wasted a lot of time <laughs> mm-hmm. and money trying to go to school. But look, now I taught myself everything, haha. <laughs> you did it, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> and I got no student loans,
1: haha. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful, yeah, <laughs> amen. That's, that's that's beautiful right there. So, in the mortal words of uh, was it Frank Sinatra that he sang it, or was it uh, Paul Anker? Yeah, maybe Paul Anker, and you know, he said the song, you know, you did it your way. Mm-hmm. you say, so I did it my way, you know? I'm not gonna sing because I ain't got that vocals for that point, but it's beautiful that you, you found your way, and it took you some time to navigate, and you're mm-hmm. still navigating, but you understood the value in who you are, and who you are, and use that to further whatever path and dream that you, that you have, and that's something that's, that's commendable, and I hope that whoever listens to this podcast who may find themselves in a place of not being too sure about where they're going, that they can use this as like a flashlight to the next destination. It might not be the car ride you're looking for, it may not be the map, but it's gonna be something that can point you in that direction. We tend to go to a point where we get isolated from one another, not knowing that we all have similar struggles. You know, we may, may be from like, you know what I mean, like from Pacific Northwest, Might be from D.C. or some bumblefuck city in Texas. (laughs) But the dream and the hustle and the ambition to be bigger than what we perceive ourselves to be is a universal thing. So, again, I hope that whoever hears this understands that, yes, it is possible. You can do whatever you want no matter where you are in life. You know, you can be... Somebody's got out of jail and like, "Fuck what am I gonna do? but it's anything is possible, you know definitely. so yeah
0: I hope I definitely feel like someone gotta hear this and be like, "Oh, I had this thought and like just go for it just just go, just go all in
1: That's right Head first or feet first it depends Whichever's first Whatever's first <laughs> you know what I mean shoulder fuck it go in. go in. <laughs> So before we conclude this awesome, awesome podcast, and I was like, "Yo, I knew it was gonna be good," you know what I mean? I did my little like fake ass Tim Tebow kneel and um, the elevator, like stairway. I was like, "Yo, universe, make the shit hot, b." And it was, it was like, "Yo, Mike is already hot, So, I'm like, "Cool, I'm going for it." Tell the the people where they can find you and your upcoming events and all that funky stuff like that.
0: All right, so. First and foremost, again, my name is Molly Rose. Company name, my agency name is Every Rose Has Its Thorns. You can go to EveryRoseHasItsthorns.com or Molly Rose Creative. That's my IG. Overchoice on Twitter is the OG name. The, <laughs> the OG social media. And my next event I have is actually this Sunday, November 2nd. It's called Fall Back in D.C. at Velvet Lounge. I know y'all heard of Velvet Lounge in D.C., so pull up. Ten PM and then I my next event will be Rhythms Caribbean Party December first at Big Chief in DC. Thank y'all. Thank you for
1: having me. Yo, it was Great discussion. It was great that we had a good time. And yo, podcast people, listen. Here's the ill part. So we were setting up this whole event for this podcast. We were trying to figure out a day. And I was like, How about Sunday? and she was like, I got an event on Sunday. I said, fuck. I said, well, um, I, said, I can make time for you on Friday night, no problem. And she was like, that's actually dope because I kept Friday night open just in case.
0: Yeah, it's my, my coworker was really on my head about uh, working for her. And she, I was like, I really, like, I felt bad. But I was like, look, I just, there's something that's going to come up. I just know it. <laughs> so I left that shit open. And then sure enough, here I am. Boom. Iniquity.
1: Here
0: Universe. I am. Is this
1: is a shit I love. Yes. I live for the shit. I love I love it, man. I love it and I'm so glad that you came. I'm glad that Lisa came in the yeah, building, so you know. You the s- system. Yes, and like my system. And I've I've known you like via the social medias and then seeing <laughs> you in person various times. So it's like it's it's beautiful to see y'all together here. You know what I'm saying? So that's dope. This has been episode 44 Faux fos of the Weird is New Black Show. Catch y'all on n- next time. It was <laughs> tipping on Faux fo- <laughs> 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 Yes, yes. So we out of here. Y'all have a good evening, day. Whatever time listen to this, have a good one. Peace. Peace. <laughs> You win!